0: This is The Good Stuff. Let's get to know those who are doing the good stuff in our community. We'll chat with everyone from small business owners to local officials. Join us as we go around town to find the hidden gems. This is your host, Andy Tomlinson. Welcome to The Good Stuff Podcast. Well, welcome to The Good Stuff I'm here with a uh, special guest, Bob Smith from E.M. Smith Jewelers and E.M. Smith Now, I'm sorry, now E.M. Smith Family Jewelers in the heart of downtown Chillicothe. Welcome, Bob. Thanks. Thanks I'm, for having me. I'm glad that you're here and uh, glad to tell your story and, and how you started and where you are now. And boy, there's been a lot in between. Yeah,
1: <laughs> there sure is.
0: Um, so did you ever think you were going to go into the jewelry business as a kid? Because you're you're how many you're the second generation? Uh,
1: let's see, yeah, I'm I'm second generation. Um, you know, with dad and mom starting the business originally, uh, uh, and kind of seeing how growing up, kind of growing up in the business, I I was pretty well convinced it wasn't something that I was going to do. Yeah, <laughs> For the rest of my life. Me yeah. either. I
0: didn't think insurance. So right. No way.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, life has a way of changing. Changing. Yeah. How did you get back? <laughs> How did I get back? Well, um, I actually, when I, I went to Ohio state and, uh, about, uh, three years, in I was in pre-med, uh, at my oldest brother, Dave, uh, is a retired physician here in town. And I had pretty much decided I wanted to be a, I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to go to medical school and, um, about three years in, um, it was pretty clear to me that I probably wasn't going to be going to medical school. I had good grades, but I wasn't, I mean, you know, I don't know what it's like now, but at that time, I mean, if you weren't a four point student, you had very, very little chance, unless you wanted to go to Mexico or South America or someplace like that to go to medical school. I mean, if you weren't top of your class and you know, you're taking the hardest curriculum there is just about probably you're taking all, you are
0: taking the hardest. Yeah.
1: So, you know, I had good grades, but I it, w- it was clear I wasn't probably wasn't going to get into medical school uh, unless I wanted to stay in school for years and get a master's and all that kind of stuff. So I I started looking for alternatives. Um, I thought about uh, allied medical professions and different things like that. But eventually, I yeah I guess it I just sort of figured well. I've got a great business. Uh, my dad has a great biz- family business um, that is uh, provide a great living for our family. Sure. Maybe I'll take a look at it. And uh, I was always more interested, sort of uh, interested in the sciences and things. And uh, I uh, I found that in gemology, which was, you know, the study of gemstones, uh, I could kind of pursue that to some extent. Yeah. And, and combine it with. The retail aspect of the business and that's really kind of where my interest really centered was in uh, in the gemology part of the business
0: and then you had to go to uh, special schooling for right. being
1: an appraiser of that what right i went to uh, the gemological institute of america uh, in, uh, Santa Monica, California, after I graduated from Ohio state, okay, my wife and I moved, we just got married and moved to the West coast for a year and went it's sort of like I got a graduate gemologist degree, which is sort of like, um, probably roughly equivalent to a doctorate degree in, in gemology. Wow. It's, it's the, you know, it's kind of the, uh, the top of the top level of, uh, of that field. Yeah. And, uh, so I thought about staying there and teaching. I was offered a job to teach there, but um, they didn't offer a lot of money to do that. And it was pretty expensive to live in Los Angeles. Yeah. My wife and I loved it out there, but my my dad had paid for me to go to school so I could come back and work in the business. And he wasn't extremely happy to hear that it might be staying. So I decided to come back. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a good choice. Right. <laughs> and then uh, when you came back,
0: did your bro- was your brother uh, with you then? Yeah, my,
1: my my middle brother. He, both, I'm the youngest. My middle brother, Don, had been in business uh, for about five years before I joined the business. Okay. So, yeah. And my dad was still active in the business at that time, too. So he was beginning to kind of get away more and turn over the reins to, to, to Don and I. And we ended up, we were kind of looking for our own little project, so we purchased a store in Circleville. Okay. yeah, That was in, I think, around 85. And uh, Dad still had pretty tight control of things in Chillicothe, and we kind of wanted our own little well, place. Nice so uh, we bought the store in Circleville, and we actually had that store for about 20 years.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. How many locations have you guys been in?
1: In Chillicothe, uh, dad started out in the old Sherman Theater building downtown on the corner of Water. And As you go into Yachtangi Parkway where the caboose is now, yeah. there was an old theater building. Okay. Called the Sherman Theater. And he started out there in my little corner room uh, just with a watch repair shop. Um, and then from there, he moved to the Paul Moore building, which is on West Main. Yeah. Where the barbershop is now.
0: Yeah. Undisputed.
1: Uh, right. Undisputed. Yeah. yeah. And... Uh, I can remember playing on the floor in there when I was a young kid. Mom and dad both worked in the business and they'd take me to work and I'd play with my toys on the floor down there.
0: You haven't been since because you look like me. You haven't been to no a barber. You're
1: probably <laughs> your own barber. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and then from there, we moved to, dad moved to uh, Central Center yeah. uh, in 1962. And we were there for 30 years. He passed away in 90, 92, So
0: And then when did you get, uh, uh, Bridge Street. We moved,
1: we moved the Fox Farm. We purchased it. Uh, Don and I purchased the Fox Farm building uh, a couple of months after Dad passed away, and we moved there in 93.
0: Okay. And then recently, uh, in 2020, right? Uh, or 2020. Uh, 20, or this
1: year. I, it was last year.
0: Okay. Last year. Uh, you moved down to... Uh,
1: we moved back to our roots. To the historic downtown. Right. Yeah. Right. On the corner of 2nd and Paint. Yeah. Um, where Joe Keir's old law office used to be when I was a kid, it was Marsh shoe store. Okay. Uh, yeah, I can, I can remember that. Kresge's was where right across the street where the Police. jail is yeah. now. Yeah. The law enforcement complex. Uh, and so now,
0: uh, Don retired, uh, and then, uh, Taylor, your daughters came into the business to help as well. Right. right.
1: Don retired in, uh, 2013. And, um uh, I purchased his half of the business, and um, my daughter, Taylor, started working for us in, uh, I think it was around 2015. Okay. And uh, she'd been working for Huntington Bank in Columbus, and she worked for West Bank over here in Shilkoffy for a while in Huntington Bank in Columbus, and she decided that she wanted to come into the business. So uh, she started in 2015, and when I decided uh, that... My brother, Don, who had retired in 2013, we were co-owners of the property, the Fox farm property on bridge street. And Don decided that he wanted to sell his interest in that. And at my age, I was 65. I didn't particularly want to go into that kind of debt to buy him out. So I decided we were, I would just retire Yeah. at that time. And, uh, and, uh, my daughter, Taylor and well she'd like to continue on, so we sold the property and uh, leased the location that we are now in downtown
0: and changed the name to e. changed Smith. the
1: name it's a different business it's a different different uh corporate entity um I still own it, yeah, but Taylor runs it, manages it, and really i don't I don't work much anymore I'm pretty well retired i help out a little bit in terms of doing appraisal work and a lot of the gemology work, grading diamonds, ordering diamonds and color stones, that's those kinds of hard. things. So I still do that. Yeah. But uh, as far as the everyday operations, um, I am not much involved in that. And you're probably other pretty other happy. Giving, yes, I'm very happy. Yeah. Uh, giving my advice when she asks for it. Uh, sure. But uh, I'm not sure how much that's worth, <laughs> actually. Yeah.
0: Uh. You've seen the uh, the ebbs and flows of the economy and how it affects the jewelry uh, purchases. How would you say our current environment is compared to the past? I mean, it, things have changed since, you know. Uh, yeah, things you, have changed.
1: I think really that's kind of what pushed me toward retirement. Yeah. As much as anything is that not that the changes are bad. It's just different than it used to be. Uh, so much business has gone online. Yeah. Uh and um, it's very, very difficult. Um, small retail businesses are a real tough go anymore. There will always be a place for, I think there will always be a place for brick and mortar businesses. Um, but um, they're certainly a lot less, they're a lot less profitable than they used to be. Competition it used to be your, your competition was your retail uh, competitors in town. Maybe Columbus. Now it's the world. It's the whole world. Uh, it it makes it very, very tough for you know for people who are looking for nothing more than the very lowest rock bottom price they can find on something. You got very little con- uh, chance of winning their business because there's, as you know, there's a little bit of expense in running a business right. that that a online retailer does not
0: have. I remember a post you, you put on uh, Facebook. Uh, you listed all the organizations that you donated to, and uh, I thought it was brilliant. I mean, you looked at, you showed your, I don't know, your profit and loss maybe, mm-hmm. and it showed all your uh, donations to Little League, to you name it. Fair. Every, ev-
1: every, I mean, literally at least once a week you're giving to something.
0: Right. And, and those online businesses don't have
1: that. Right. Uh, Amazon is not given one dime to this community. No. Okay. They take, right. They don't give. Right. Okay. And you know, when all the small businesses are gone, I hope they're never all gone, but, but as they disappear, uh, you're going to find that, uh, people are going to realize what they meant to their community. Right. Uh, it's just, and, and, and again, Service you know, absolutely. What, I mean, what, what do you do if you haven't, if you have an issue with something that you've bought online, you're dealing with somebody over the phone. Yeah. who's Never seen you and never usually in a different country. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and how much do they really care about making sure you're taken care of? Yeah. It's different than looking a neighbor straight in yeah, the eye and saying, right. sorry, I can't do anything for you. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there, there is a price to be paid for that cheap price. Yes. I agree. Uh, yeah. And I think an awful lot of people don't think about that.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, it's especially during the pandemic, it's been easier for people to purchase things online, but yeah, sure. uh, always think of you. I think we should always think of our locals uh, first and then. Right.
1: Yeah. I always try What No matter what it is, um, I try and give an opportunity to, to the people here in this community. Yeah. It's not always possible. I mean, they're, you know, for whatever reasons maybe you can't find what you want uh whatever the case may be but um uh, yeah i think it's important to try and do business locally if you can
0: absolutely um uh, what's something about you that most people familiar with your work wouldn't know like in the in- jewelry business what what is something that people would think what well, really like any big appraisals you've done any well that's a good question i I know. I thought you were a ringer.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I mean, I I think at one time, again, I don't know. The situation now has totally changed uh, because we have closed our original business and moved our location and all that. At one time, we were probably, though, certainly one of the two or three biggest independent jewelry stores in the state of Ohio. Wow.
0: That's a big, big deal. Yeah.
1: yeah, and that there were chains, you know, there are places that, uh, you know, your uh, K's and right, the big Jared and these big chain operations, that's a totally different thing. But I'm talking about Independent. independently owned jewelry businesses, and I think some people will remember the Pandora craze when yeah. years ago when we sold Pandora, uh, we were the largest Pandora dealer in Ohio. By far. We were doing in excess of a million and a half dollars a year in Pandora sales alone. And that is in a town of 22,000 people.
0: Yeah. And Uh, those Pandora things were like, how much were they?
1: Oh, they they were silver beads. They were $20 or $30 a piece.
0: $30 and you sold $1.5 million. that's a lot of people.
1: You know, It it came at a perfect time because uh, it was during the last economic 2008-2009. Yeah, when the last economic uh, collapse. almost collapsed, yeah, yeah, so to speak, and it, the reason it was so successful is because people still, women particularly, still wanted to be able to to buy something for themselves. Yeah, with but they didn't necessarily want to spend a lot of money. It was one of these things where they could come in and spend thirty or thirty five dollars once a month. Yeah. And build a bracelet or a necklace or something that, that that was just made them feel good to be able to be able to afford to do that kind of a small luxury for themselves. Hopefully, and there's it, another
0: Pandora soon. Uh, uh,
1: no, I. You know, well, you know, I, know what? It. I'm sick. I'm sixty six, I that's the only thing like that. I mean, I've seen things come and go, but
0: nothing like that.
1: Nothing like that. It's yeah. st- Pandora is still around. It's, it is. It's not. It's not what it used to be, but it's still. A, It's still a very successful
0: one. Yeah. Uh, Who has been your biggest supporter, mentor, role model over the course of your career? Oh, my dad. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Um, You learned from him. uh, Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, the whole greatest generation thing. I think your dad was that generation, too. I think when he was. He was too young. Was he younger than that? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you know he was one of these guys, and there's a hundreds of thousands of them that came back from World War II, and they they had GI Bill money, and they had no skill. Yeah. And he, why he decided to go to watchmaker school, I don't know, but that's what he decided to do with his GI Bill. Uh, and he built probably the the most amazing thing to me, understanding the jewelry business today and what it is, is the amount of money it takes amount of capital it takes to run a business like that, because it's a, it's, it's different than your business and that you have to run an office and pay employees. I have to buy inventory. Yeah. And if that inventory sits,
0: you don't make any money.
1: Uh, not only do you not make any money, you can't. Yeah. I mean, you can't pay, you can't pay the bills. It's, just, it's So the amazing thing to be about what my dad did was he, in order to start his first Watch repair business in the Sherman Theater here. He borrowed fifteen hundred dollars from his father-in-law, my grandfather, to buy a watch repair bench, some tools, pay a couple months' rent, and um, that 50, That was in nineteen forty-eight. That fifteen hundred dollars was the only money he ever borrowed. Wow, that's and incredible! And he built he built the largest, one of the largest independent jewelry stores in Ohio. On a fifteen hundred dollar mm-hmm. investment. Wow.
0: That's impressive. I mean, I
1: think about that today, and I think, yeah. I just look at the bills that we have to pay this right. week. Yeah, you know, just You know, he was one of those guys. He grew up during the depression. He grew up poor on a farm. They they raised their food, and I mean, they weren't destitute. They had what they needed to survive. And they were but from Ross County, he was from the Greenfield area. Okay, and he yeah. had six brothers and sisters, and. Um, you know, he never paid, he was a depression kid yeah. and they just never bought anything. They didn't have the money in their pocket to pay for.
0: Yeah. A little different from now.
1: Couldn't do it. To, I, yeah. I don't think you could possibly do it today, but <laughs> did you say your mom worked too? My mom? Well, she was, yeah, she worked in when the business first started, yeah. she helped, she helped in the store and then. Eventually, there were three of us. So she that pretty well took care of most of her time, but she always worked in the business, some yeah, until she died
0: Uh, books or whatever, or selling of jewelry, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. She was. Um, What's an example of a mistake or failure that you experienced, and uh, what do you what did you learn from it in the
1: last how many years you've been doing it? 40 years, Uh, 40 some, yeah, Uh, a mistake. I don't think I've ever made a mistake. No way! <laughs> You're a heck of a marketer. You're
0: always marketing something. I think your latest one is: is it, if it snows on Christmas Eve.
1: Yeah, we're going to let it snow. Oh. Tell me, tell me about that one. Well, that one's, uh, uh, and we actually did this years ago in our old location, but um, we hadn't done it in quite some time, and it all usually generates some some interest in the public. But basically. Um, We set up an agreement with an insurance company that will cover us so that uh, we set a certain period of time. This year, it's the month of November. Uh, Any purchase that you make during the month of November, your money will be refunded to you if it snows three inches or more on Christmas Day. Yeah. Uh, And, of course, what we pay is based on how much we sell that we pay the insurance coverage for insurance companies. So we really want this to happen. Heck yes. I mean, there's no greater publicity than giving everybody their money back. Right. Okay. Um, And really you think about it, three inches of snow on Christmas day is not really that
0: far fetched.
1: Last year, I think it snowed that much on Christmas. I think it did. I'm not mistaken. Maybe more than that. Yeah. I had some friends who ran this promotion in uh, up in Youngstown last year and they paid off. Yeah. And they were,
0: real, uh, absolutely
1: because it's great oh, shit. it's great
0: for you great for them right
1: it's tremendous yeah tremendous uh, PR and uh, and you get a lot of word of mouth on that one so uh, we're doing that one this year um, I don't know Andy I really think something I really feel like we screwed up I don't know I
0: think you you've
1: been well <laughs> you've been good well we've definitely made I try and forget them I, guess. Yeah, well, I do too <laughs> <laughs> Uh,
0: what about the happiest moment of your life?
1: Um, well, the happiest moments, you know, like anybody, it's your kid, you know, the Yeah. days your kids are born. Yeah. No doubt about that. Yeah. Um, no, I've been, I've been lucky. Like I say, my daughter is, uh, she's done a great job running the business. Yeah. I have another daughter, uh, here in town and, and my son is, uh, in the service in in Hawaii. In Hawaii. Mm -hmm. yeah so i've got good kids and been really lucky in that regard so but you know it was uh i guess you know certainly the biggest the probably the most nervous decision i ever made was when don my brother and i decided to buy fox farm
0: i bet i bet you're thinking what are we doing well
1: you know uh that building, is a, it's a landmark building. Yeah. And that's what we liked about it was the fact you could literally say at that time, uh, 1993, early 90s, you could say Fox Farm Inn. And everybody within a five-county mile or five county radius knew exactly what you were talking about. Yeah. So you put your name on that building, people know exactly where you are. Yeah. Pretty, uh, uh, pretty visible. Yeah. On the other hand, it had always been, uh, for years and years, had been a restaurant. Yeah. And it was in horrible disrepair. It was a 150-year-old building that was really in bad shape. And it took a lot of planning and a lot of money to, save to turn that building into a retail jewelry store. And, you know, people thought we were nuts. Oh, I'm sure. They're like, that's a restaurant. Why are you putting a jewelry store in a restaurant? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it took a while to get used to that, uh, that idea. And, and, you know, because people did think it was so crazy, it kind of made you start thinking, well, maybe we, I mean, are we are crazy. Maybe we are nuts. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it served us pretty well. I'd say. Yeah. I mean, the, bu- the business flourished out there, no question. It, the building was always a challenge, though. Oh, I'm sure. Huge, huge expenses and keeping that building in good repair. And uh, Now it's uh, Norris's problem. Now it's Norris's problem. Yes, yeah. And, they can, and again, one thing I did want to mention about the Norris thing, because yeah. I get a lot of people say to me, why, why did you sell
0: that to Norris? Well, because they had the money.
1: Well, <laughs> <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah. You know, it, it, that's a helpful thing. Yeah. yeah. Really. Although we did have, I mean, I always loved that building Yeah, and I had a lot of sentimental attachment to that building and I really wanted to see it stay. I can tell you that most of the people who, who approached us with interest in buying it were going to tear the building down. Yeah. And Dick Norris was told me he was not going to tear it down. And I knows? said I just assumed he was yeah. because everybody who everybody else who showed any interest I mean that property is worth far more with no building on than a building. Yeah, with that agree. big old building sitting right in the middle of two and a half acres. I mean it's like what yeah. do we do with this
0: right because no one you don't use the second floor I mean, yeah, it's storage
1: it's it's a pretty old building, but from a standpoint of of investment real estate. That building makes zero sense. Yeah. None. I know people don't understand that. They think, well, it's a beautiful building. You could do this or you could do that. Yeah. Well, like I say, find somebody who has the money to do this or that. Yeah. But anyway, Norris, uh, Dick said, you know, I, I just assumed he was going to tear it down. And he said, Oh no. He said, I, I don't want to tear it down. Wants to keep so it. that was one thing that, that impressed me. really kind of led me to say, well, yeah. Okay. You know, you want to do
0: it. And then you went out of business on that, you know, and right before I think, I mean, the pandemic happened. <laughs>
1: yeah, I probably. I, Typical Smith luck. Yeah. I mean, we started our, we started our, and the, keep in mind this going out of business retirement sale was, I mean, that's my retirement. Right. You know, <laughs> I, mean, I really have to make hay because <laughs> that's what I'm going to live on the rest of my life. Right. And two weeks in, the state shut us down. Yeah. The pandemic.
0: I bet you thought, uh, oh my
1: and I my thought, I, mean, I really thought this is it. Finished. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, what timing? <laughs> yeah, but, like I said, typical Smith luck. Uh, but uh, you know, I guess typical Smith luck. We came out, we came out okay because you know, when the, when we started reopening, things started reopening. There was so much pent up demand. Yeah, people just wanted, they wanted to get out, and they wanted to buy. Yeah. They wanted to buy something,
0: and thank goodness Again, they were one. having
1: this huge sale, and you know it's just it was almost unmanageable. I bet I remember driving by like, whoa. yeah, they
0: must be giving it away, yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> well we weren't <laughs> <laughs> Thank <All> goodness, <laughs> but uh, uh, that was uh that was a very nervous time, and my my wife was in really serious health at that time yeah. too, which she ended up she passed away in july of the of last year so that was right after yeah. we finished our sale yeah uh so it that was a
0: that was a bad rough
1: one. rough that was a few months of really rough
0: sledding. yeah absolutely um, yeah yeah it, uh you had a bad 2020 there's no <laughs> doubt about it yeah yeah it wasn't good so now that you're on this other chapter uh what are your plans to keep you occupied uh golf
1: you know i uh really enjoy waking up in the morning and not having anything to do
0: yeah that's really i bet you that's pretty nice it is
1: nice yeah. um and I, the, i'm blessed in that i can i have things i can do if i want like i say, i can go to the store and work all day if i want oh, i yeah. don't want to
0: right you but, want to just focus <laughs> on the things that but, you like to do right right
1: but yeah, um I, you know, when the weather's good, I play a lot of golf. I've been playing golf three or four days a week. Yeah. Um, and I plan a- to do a lot of traveling.
0: Yeah. You have a trip coming up.
1: Yeah. I'm going to have this winter. I'm going to be, That's gonna be on, fun. The, on the road and just seeing a lot of things that visiting friends in the business and just friends from all over the country. And, uh, so, uh, uh you know, I like to do that and, uh, and, uh, Still help out down
0: at the store. I still help out. Do, do the appraisals. Do the things that you enjoy. Right. Yeah.
1: Exactly. I mean, yeah. that's, that might, like I say. I I feel like I'm uh, kind of living my best life right now.
0: Yeah. I mean, you could sleep in until 9, yeah. 10, whatever you want. Right. It's a beautiful thing.
1: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's well, not bad. It's not bad. Uh, do you think I've, have I missed out on anything? Anything we'd like to share?
1: Mm. No, um, no, not really. I think
0: covered it. I think. Um, so, what's your favorite breakfast, lunch, and dinner spot? It doesn't have to be here. It doesn't have to be in Till Uh well, I,
1: you know, I don't, I don't eat breakfast.
0: I tell you what, that, I don't think anyone eats breakfast by time
1: by, by this podcast. Well, is that right? Everybody, yeah, everybody yeah. Says, I mean, they- we, well, you know what, I've. Um, I've I've kind of gone in for this uh, uh, what they call it? intermittent fasting.
0: Yeah, that's popular right now.
1: Where uh, I you know I I confine all of my eating to about a six hour window during the day. So I'll eat lunch around noon or one o'clock, and I'll eat dinner at six or so and eat, and that's it. Yeah, uh, and I have a I feel like it it gives I'm a, a pre diabetic, so I kind of have to watch my my diet and my carb intake and all that. So, but I think it, it kind of helps me control my blood sugars a little better. And I have lost, I haven't been trying really to lose weight, but I've probably lost 10 pounds or so over the last year by doing that. Yeah. Um, so I don't eat breakfast anymore. I used to go through McDonald's and get my sausage McMuffin or my, uh, Burger King, my, uh, Sausage croissant that's good. <laughs> I still think about foods occasionally. <laughs> but uh, uh, as far as uh, you know, lunch—I—I I, I probably eat—we, uh, my, my daughter and I both eat at uh, our kitchen right next door to our store a, a, lot, a lot. Oh yeah, a, a lot at lunch or dinner.
0: That's pretty convenient.
1: Yeah, and it's good. It's yeah. good, uh, and uh, yeah, the food is good. Number of good places downtown anymore, which yeah.
0: is. Really nice. It is. Yeah. Um, dinner? Dinner.
1: Uh, well, if I'm going to go to a really nice dinner, uh, probably Hyde Park Steakhouse. Yeah. Like that. That's pretty hard to beat.
0: Yeah. I haven't been there in a long time. Oh, yeah. It was just up there not long ago. Um, how about a book you're
1: currently reading or a book you'd like to share? Uh well I'm reading right now you know I read a lot of history i really like history um, right now i'm reading uh the red book james Patterson's red book but uh i don't i don't read a lot of fiction generally I, I like history and i like um i was a psychology major in in college and i like i like um books that deal with i especially a lot when when i was Active in the business, and my wife used to give me trouble. And she'd tell me the books I read were so boring. <laughs> yeah, but, but I, I read about—I like to read about human behavior and motivation. What motive, particularly what motivates people to buy? Right. Uh. uh so I kind of enjoy that kind of stuff. Malcolm Gladwell, I think, is a, a. All his books are really good. I've read all those. Yeah. And like I said, especially American history, I like. I like to read history, all of, uh, well, Bill O'Reilly's books about killing Lincoln and Kennedy. And I uh, just read killing crazy horse, which was about the, basically the settling of the West and everything that was done to all the indigenous people that, you know, settled that were here in America.
0: Yeah. Pretty bad a
1: time. Pretty bad raw deal. Yeah. So I like, I like history a lot too, but,
0: uh, um, night owl early riser both you probably neither one one i go to
1: bed early and get up late
0: that's that's a wonderful thing (laughs) i hope you keep that that schedule up (laughs) well bob thanks for coming in and and uh having this podcast with me i truly appreciate
1: it thanks andy nice talking to you